not as blunt. A log is not? Yeah. Like, as a potato. Yeah. How do you figure that? I don't know. Potatoes are like rocks, basically. Potatoes are rocks, basically. Yeah. They're like hard like that. Dense. I would say that a log is much harder than a potato. Like, people build log cabins. How big is the log? I, I think people might be coming in in the middle of this. So <laughs> the question was, would you rather be hit by a log or a potato? And I think, regardless, I would rather be hit by the biggest potato over the smallest log. Because anything you call a log and not a stick, it's pretty big. Mm. What do you think's the smallest log? Like a small tree? So you think there are certain trees... That are less damaging to you than a potato. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking that like the impact would be spread out as opposed to like <laughs> really like blunt, fine points. So you think like a small potato would be the worst? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind. You could throw a small potato at me right now and I think I'd be fine. But any size log, I don't think I'd be all right with it. Mm, maybe I'm wrong. I think you might be wrong on this one. That's okay. That I'm I, often wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't often claim that logs are softer than potatoes. No. Maybe like an old rotten log, but that's a pretty special I, instance. I think I'm just wrong. Yeah, I think you might just be wrong. I think you're correct. You win. All right. I win this round of log versus potato. And you know what it means when we play log versus potato? <laughs> it's another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy, the Marshman Randawa, and with me is Samantha, potatoes are harder than logs, Randawa. That's me. I keep saying he's. And we here at I Love This, You Should Too are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. And before we get into anything, let's hear from one of our fellow podcasts from the network. It's a conspiracy! All right. It's a Conspiracy is the podcast where we lay out the beliefs behind selected conspiracy theories, alternative accounts, legends, myths, and more. We do our best to present these without coloring them with our opinion until the end, where we let our feelings fly. We also do beer reviews, chat about geek culture, and whatever else strikes our fancy. Good times. And we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. So this week we are talking about the 2022 film Where the Crawdads Sing. I actually still love this movie. I think it's really good. Um, it was my pick, um, but did you love it? No. But I think I kind of liked it. You kind of liked it. I'm going to go with kind of like. I'll take that. This is probably a bad sign, but the more I think about it, and like we often do, I watched it a little bit mm -hmm. just right now to as a refresher before we record, the more I think about it and the more I see, the less I like it. Oh. So that's probably a bad sign. Yeah. That is a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> How about your first watching to this second one with me? I think the first time I watched it, because it was all new to me, it was a little bit like I loved it completely. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And uh, the story is like really good. And I enjoyed all the characters in it. The second time I watched it, um, it's definitely the case where like you notice more flaws because you're not focusing on like the plot quite as much. Right. 
Um, Once the mystery is solved, you can kind of open your mind to all of these yeah. other things. And then you also kind of realize, wait a minute, did that central mystery not make any sense at all? <laughs> um, yeah. So I kind of noticed the second time even more like how beautiful this film is. Like it it was really beautifully shot and um, the like the marsh really comes alive and is like a character in the story almost. I definitely think that some of the elements of like the mystery and the plot and everything are a little wishy-washy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's accurate. I'm not going to say that this is a bad movie, and I'm also clearly not saying that I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I think this movie was trying to be many things yeah, and succeeded at a few of them. Yes. So it's not a, a total success, but I wouldn't say it's a total failure either. It's very competently made. It's It looks great, yeah. like you were saying. It's I think beautiful. there's some very good performances in it as there's well. There's some questionable CG. <laughs> yeah, which, what do you have in mind? Uh, the bird at the beginning flying over the marsh is like clearly CG. Oh, I don't actually recall that. Oh, yeah. There's like this whole scene where you get to kind of see this tour of the marsh where this big bird, maybe a heron. I don't know my marsh birds very well. I think it's a blue heron. Okay. You can see it's like wings and stuff and like the wings don't look quite right. Gotcha. It's just like very clearly CG. But yeah, that that was something that like stood out to me was some of the animals are like almost correct, but not quite. Right. So uh, some of the CG, I definitely noticed the second time around uh, even more than the first time. So you saw this movie for the first time with me, mm-hmm. um, but you had read the book beforehand. Yeah, I read the book just just last week. Uh-huh. And I know the book is, is so, so popular and very well loved. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for it. I got it right after Taylor Swift released the song that plays during the credits of mm-hmm. this. Carolina. Carolina. Because I like had everyone then put a hold on the book because Taylor Swift, you know, drives everyone towards stuff. And uh, so I put a hold on it and I got it like maybe six or eight weeks later. And um, I tried, I got about an hour in and I just like couldn't do it. It was easy for me to get through because I read a lot of YA fiction for work. And this is just that. Yeah. It's odd that it's it's so well loved by it seems to be um like adult women seem to be yeah, like the, the yeah. main demographic of it. But if you change very, very little, it's like a lot of YA fiction that I read. There's so many things that are directly from them. I, I don't necessarily even want to say this as a bad thing, but everything that happened in that book, I've seen in another book. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be like great because you're you're building on like yeah. you're standing on the shoulders of giants. You're, you're using all of this stuff work and, and you're working it, yeah. with it. But it it kind of like the movie left me a little bit hollow because I think the characters are the worst part of the book, mm-hmm. and some of the plot devices are some of the best parts. Right. I um like the movie. I did not care for the twist at the end i it doesn't actually make any sense and in the book it's a little bit worse because oh and this is a um, spoilers all episode right. for all of yeah, these no, in case you we're didn't not know. keeping anything a secret but in the book it's she's also a professional poet oh is she in addition to all the stuff she does in this she's like a great artist and she um speaks latin and she writes all of these textbooks and she's also a poet 
So it's revealed in one of her poems that she... Also, it was a secret that she was a professional poet. She was just secretly a professional poet. Uh, but it's, it's revealed in that that she, that's where the the reveal about the murder is. The fact that it came right on the heels of the reveal that she was a professional poet this whole time, too. She just does everything perfectly. So and this is why I, I like get why that didn't make it into the movie. Because it's just too many things. But in the book, too, she does everything perfectly. Like... So the pitch on this book, here, can I have a conversation with myself? Yeah, Playing go for it. proverbial devil's advocate? Absolutely. <laughs> so the pitch of this story, I assume this was how it would go to like a, um, the, the producer. The, right. So this is a story of an outsider whose society is like plotting against and it's in the South in the 60s. Oh, so she's black and dealing with racism? No, 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 no. She's white, but she's on the outside because she lives in the marsh. Like, oh, in like a scary shack or something? No, it's a really cute house. It's really cute. (laughs) Oh, but she's like this scary, ugly witch lady in the marsh. No, no, everyone says she's beautiful. They they constantly tell her she's beautiful. And she's always really well-dressed. But she doesn't go to school. Oh, so she's like illiterate and uneducated? No, she learns to read real quickly and is a voracious reader. Oh, so she's just like in a fantasy world of books? No, she publishes several textbooks. And um, she's an expert on naturalism. And in the book, uh, she's a professional poet as well. So you think, oh, so she's uh, just aware of this one type of thing. And she's like a savant. And that's her one thing that she's really good at. Like, and she stays um, in her shack and doesn't go into the outside world. It's like, no, she goes to town pretty much constantly. Yeah. And she's also aware about uh, societal expectations. And she, she understands all the nuance of the town. Right. But she's accused of murder. Oh, just because she's an outsider? Yeah. But also she, uh, she did it. Like, oh, so she goes to jail? No, she gets married and lives uh, quite happily and has a peaceful death in old age. So then this movie about an outsider who society shuns and then attacks, it's also accurate to say that this is a movie about a strong, beautiful landowner who gets away with murder. Mm-hmm. Both of those are equally accurate. Yeah. This movie and the book, they just try to have things both ways constantly. Mm-hmm. She has all of these things stacked up against her. Is any of it a hindrance to her? Not at all. In fact, she's a, like a beautiful genius and does whatever she wants. Yeah, and has people who like support her in her life, even yeah. though she doesn't have a family. Yeah. Yeah. Just lean into what you say this is. Yeah. If this is a movie about a, a, an outsider, make her an outsider. Yeah, make her like an actual outsider. It seems like everyone likes her. Like the most popular guy in town loves her. Yeah. She seems pretty well liked. Yeah, I thought... For some reason, after I watched it the first time, I thought that Tate had killed him and that he, like, that it was opposite that, I don't know why I thought this, but Tate died and then Kaya finds the shell necklace, like, in his things, which would have been a better ending. Well, they do, I think, try to tell you that Tate did it. Yeah. Because there's that voiceover part and the, uh, the not Atticus Finch lawyer is, uh, looking at Tate and talking about, like, who could have done it. So I think we're led to believe that Tate did it. Do we want to jump to the ending and talk about that? Because it's it's something. Sure. So do you like the ending? Um, I like that she had a nice life and had Tate by her side. 
Sure, but what about like the the twist ending? I think we could have done without it. I think it kind of uh, takes away from everything yeah. we've been led to believe. Like this story is supposed to be kind of, I assume it's supposed to be about how people's preconceptions lead them to believe things that are not true. And this person who, although an outsider is a truly gentle soul and has this attachment to nature, she's a good person and you're wrong for thinking those things about her. Mm-hmm. But you're not. She, she totally but killed she that She literally guy. did it. Yeah. Yeah. And the way the trial even comes about, they find a body and then just some angry lady in a bar says like, oh, is that Marsh girl? And then they go arrest her based on that, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's not, like, the justice in this town is a little, like, crooked. Yeah, so, and it's leaning so far into that because the sheriff is just making up all sorts of things. Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, maybe she did this and maybe she got on a bus and she was wearing a disguise and she went faster than anyone ever could down the river. And all of those things, because they're so ridiculous yeah. and because their alibi is so so airtight yeah it leads us to believe that well first it makes us not have much uh, suspense right. in the court case part yeah i thought the court case part was one of the weakest parts of the movie yeah i think it could have been better also you can't actually say that in a courtroom you can't say most of this. No. But you couldn't arrest someone on this either no absolutely not unless they was in the same place and they were black then of course you just you could get away with that well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. But so there's no real suspense. The most we could have is we might be angry at this potential injustice if we think that mm-hmm. she will be uh, convicted. But because of how the movie is, I think you don't think she's going to be convicted. Maybe some people did. Mm-hmm. But you never think that she did it. And it seems like you're not supposed to, of course, because of the twist, but also because it seems to be a movie about injustice mm-hmm. and the injustice of her having to go through all this when clearly she didn't do it. And then she did. So what was the injustice? Yeah. It's her murdering a rapist? Yeah. I, uh, like, what, what is the point? What is the point to that then? I don't have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I don't really think don't. they did either. Yeah. Like, your ending, that's a better ending. Or if when he's going through the journal, he also finds out like, oh, she killed her dad. Mm-hmm. That's where he went. I'd like that better because then it shows that she has this in her that when she is being abused and they talk about like, sometimes the prey has to become the predator mm-hmm. or whatever it was, which was not, not a great line. Right. But either way, it would lead into, lean into that a little more. And if there was a reveal that, yeah, the dad was also killed by her, that would be interesting, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually kind of I agree with you. I like my ending better. And mm. I don't know why I thought that. I was actually surprised when we watched it together that it wasn't that. Oh, like after you watched the movie, you thought that? Yeah. Oh. I don't know why. Yeah, that's... I don't know why. I think my brain was just like, no, this is better. This because is what you're the ending remember. was so bad, you made your own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, just like subconsciously, my brain was like, no, this is what this is what happened. Um, yeah, I found that like backtracking and like you said, like impossible. Yeah, well, they say it yeah. is, and they show you that it is. So in reality. She did take her first bus ever to a new town for Mm -hmm. the first time in her life. But then she also managed to get back on a bus wearing an elaborate disguise. Mm -hmm. In the book, they go into it and they're like, well, there was a skinny man on the bus. Um, 
maybe that was her in a disguise. And it turns out, yes, it was. Yeah. So she does like prosthetics on herself. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's very good with makeup for being someone who uh, yeah. like, doesn't when have she's, a mirror. When she's all done up to get on the bus, originally when they're talking about like, oh, I saw her get on the bus at this time and... And she was all dressed up. And I remember it because we'd never seen her dressed up like that before. And like, she looks great all the time. She does look great all the time. But at this point, I'm like, how did you learn how to do your hair like that and full makeup? And like, how? And who dresses her? Yeah. She has a stylist, I think, because she is a uh, textbook writer, a poet, a naturalist, and also a part time model for anthropology. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she is wearing a lot of outfits in this film that I would totally wear. Oh, of course. They yeah. look great. So that, again, also makes you feel like she's not an outsider because she looks great and she's well-dressed. And, yeah. Well, I think we are kind of like getting down on the movie now. So let's well, maybe let's talk about some things you did like about it. What made this movie work for you? Um, I liked the relationship between um, Kaya and Jumpin' and Mabel. That was nice. It was a cute little relationship uh, to add to kind of her like shitty family life. Yeah, I like that she gets some support, but then it's another one where they're not like actual people. They don't have anything to them. Mm -hmm. I feel like her and maybe Tate are the only characters that have more than one dimension. And even it's, it's really questionable about her and Tate as well. But with them, they're just like, we're just helpful black folk and we'll just... Do whatever for you. We don't have any other problems of our own. But it's hard anytime you make a movie that's in the South, in the 60s, and we are meant to be concerned with how hard this white woman has things when you know what the South in the mm-hmm. 60s was like. And you know these characters probably have a much harder life than she does. But True. we don't care about that. It's just it's never an issue in yeah. this. Like once somebody calls him boy and that's it. And he says, jump and says to her like, oh, we'll go to the police about this, about the, the sexual assault. And why, why would he have any faith in yeah. small town Carolina police and want to have any interactions with them? Is, is, it, it seems like this was written by someone who's never actually like been to the South. Mm-hmm. And or movie. who doesn't understand, like, the history of the South. Yeah, it's it's strange that way. And it's not like it's history from, like, the 1700s. Go to small town Carolina right now. Yeah, it's history from, like, 40 or 50 years ago. From the lifetime of the author. Yeah. So, and then she, in that same scene, says, like, oh, no, you know how it's going to be. If I come there, they're going to all question me about these things, and they don't believe the woman. How does she know all of these things? Yeah, she really she... understands how society works for being someone who uh, never leaves her little shack. Oh, my shack. It's a, it's a nice bungalow. It's a cute little house. Yeah. Um, she was raised in southern Georgia, the uh, author of this. Do you know about the author? No, I don't. Oh, Sam, you're going to read. You're going to look into it. And it's going to be stuff that really intrigues you. Because uh, she is wanted for questioning in a murder case. And a lot of the stuff in this book seem like it's from her life. Oh. She was, she's written books. She was like a naturalist first and uh-huh. wrote books on conservation and things like that. 
And uh, she was one of those people who's like, hey, you African countries, you're not doing it right. Let me come over there. She and her husband formed a militia and uh, killed some people. (gasps) Killed a person and it's on video. And she's wanted for questioning, but she just left the country. Huh. Interesting. And the idea that she then wrote a book about how, like, sometimes bad people need to be killed is... Uh, yeah, that's know. not that's not okay. Yeah. Interesting. She, I got her Wikipedia page up and I just skimmed it. I don't yeah, believe wow. she killed anyone. She, I think it was her uh, brother-in-law or stepson? Stepson who did it, but whatever. I kind of want to watch this. ABC News report called Deadly Game, the Mark and Delia Owens story. Yeah, but they are not releasing that footage in there either. Oh, really? They have the footage of the murder. But they're not releasing it. No. Oh, interesting. Huh. Well, that sucks. (laughs) I I dislike that. (laughs) Wait, what are we talking about? Where the crawdads sing. (laughs) So, where do the crawdads sing? What's a crawdad? Um, like, Like a little crab? Yeah, it's like a like a crayfish. It's like a mix between a lobster and a, it's like a tiny little lobster, maybe. It is kind of a tiny. I have a picture of one who looks like he's smiling and he's got his little hands up. It's a um a common food in the South. Like you go to Louisiana, you can get a lot of. Isn't it like a crawfish boil? Oh yeah, yeah, is that that's a, thing a big that thing. Yeah. and then don't so you like corn pull their heads off and suck yeah. out the insides? Yeah, it sounds gross. And they like lay down a big thing of paper, and you they like you just throw it on, dump there. them on the table, and you just like go to town. You just go to town. <laughs> Wait, so where did they sing? Um, way back in the back of the marsh. What's the back part? Like to the ocean or away from the ocean? To the ocean. So they sing in the ocean. Close to the ocean. Okay. Right near the ocean. Oh. Maybe I don't know. Is there an answer to that? Oh, I just thought it was um metaphorical. Oh, maybe. Like where the crawdad sings. I don't think they actually sing. They don't make noise, do they? Maybe. I thought it just meant like where where things are still wild, where a society has not touched, and that's where she wants to live, yeah. where she longs to be, where the crawdad sing. She said that her brother, Jody, said run away way oh, yeah. out yonder where the, where crawdads, the crawdads sing, sing, which is like, I assume like the undiscovered parts of the marsh mm-hmm. or the parts where like people don't just drive their boats through. Yeah. Safety. Is it a metaphor for safety? Well, I think it's it's to her it is because her safety means being away from people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I figure. But also with people. Well, this movie about someone who is profoundly lonely, lonely, there's pretty much no scenes where she's alone. So in the book, how did you said that you imagined her a little bit different than she's portrayed in the film? Yeah, I'm not sure if it actually says it, but I thought she lived in like a shack shack. Right. Like not this cute house that I, I would live in. Mm-hmm. And she gets furniture delivered too. That seems yeah. a little different than what I was expecting. And I thought she had like two outfits that she wore all the time and was just covered in. I thought she was like a feral child. Right. Because she's... she technically would be. Yeah. Because she was like very young when her family went away. She's like seven or something. Yeah. So I expected her to um, be wearing like a potato sack and being caked in mud and yeah. just like living out in the mud because she does literally live in the mud. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, she nope. is very well dressed and she has a lot of nice cardigan sets. <laughs> yeah. And I don't believe that that was all from the church donation bin. Yeah. I have a very hard time believing that. Because the 
black church in a small southern town they're they're so wealthy that they're just giving these like gowns away sometimes yeah There's, like a couple like fancy dresses even and like good condition mm-hmm. the beginning of this movie made me think i was actually really gonna hate it right i came around because the beginning is just so quick and it lacks any sort of nuance because i think they cover probably 40% of the book in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Right. Which I get you have to do because you need to concentrate on something. Yeah. But like right off the beginning, they're like, oh, look, it's Chase Andrews. He's dead. He's great. Everyone loves him. He's dead. He's the best football player. He's very well loved. He's football player. Oh, that Marsh, Marsh girl. She's a witch. We hate her. She's a witch. She's such an outsider. She's a scientist or some kind of witch. She's probably a murderer. What Let's a weirdo. Go. And then the movie just goes, goes, goes and gives you like this huge frenetically paced expedition mm-hmm. exposition dump through everything and it's so much so fast that i was really worried that that's how the movie the rest of it was going yeah. to be yeah i didn't want to like tell you that it changes cuz like obviously i don't want to give you like hints about what's going to happen in the movie right but um it definitely is like a big dump right at the beginning mm-hmm. and then it slows like way down it at least gives things room to breathe later. I still think that there is no nuance or problems to anything uh-huh. as the movie goes on because like nothing is a real obstacle. Like even when they I don't remember it in the book, so there might not even be the book part about the taxes and all of that. Right. It seems like they're just throwing these obstacles at her and then she just overcomes them very easily. Yeah, and like, there's no consequence. No, like she's, literally, she gets she's, away with murder. Yeah, but I mean, she like literally lives in a house that she doesn't pay for, mm-hmm. but then magically finds the money. Yeah, because she's like, for you know what? Maybe I'll just publish a few books. That's pretty easy. Yeah, now. and she gets a five thousand dollar advance. Yeah, I think that's what you'd get in a book now, and it's not. I think you get more than that for a textbook that has watercolor paintings that are only shells of Carolina, I don't know if your advance is going to be more than five grand. True, actually, yeah. Okay. But it was popular enough that there's several sequels to it, so yeah. she's doing well. Um, Yeah, so like, I feel like they really glossed over what could have actually been like conflict in the plot. Oh, constantly. Like, bring in the developer. Have her meet with the developer, like... Have her be a child who has to live on her own. Yeah. Which is what the movie, like, very well could be. Yeah. But I guess they really want to focus on the the romance and, and the, the murder. murder. Yeah. It was kind of like a... Nicol- it was very Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. Very. Like, it really glossed over some of the harder stuff. Yeah. Um, For a movie about all these hardships, not a lot of hardships. I would have really liked to have seen how she, a little bit more about how she got along. Like yeah. learning to dig clams and then like showing up. Was she digging? No, mussels. Yes. Uh, showing up with a bag of mussels and Jumpin's already got his mussels for the day. Like I think. Or just her getting to the point of starvation, getting yes. her finding food. I think I like that part of the book a lot. Do you get to see a bit more of it? Oh, way more. Oh, She's okay. a child for much longer oh, okay. in the book. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed that part. Could have used some more of that, but. I guess it would just be too spread out because already the things that we do have don't get explored all that fully. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny that the uh, social workers, like she's clearly over 18 at this point and they want to put her in a group home. Oh, right. Like they show up and she's like clearly 18. And uh, they're like, oh, they're going to send her to a group home where she can be safe. <laughs> like she's an adult now. She's like, just leave her alone. What did you think of Tate? 
similarly, he might be the most complex character, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say he's a complex character. <laughs> I think in this movie, he because he actually is wrestling with something mm -hmm. because he uh, leaves and doesn't come back. And it is against his own judgment and he struggles with that and then he's trying to win her back in the end so uh -huh. there is some internal conflict and we don't see anyone with internal conflict yeah right yeah because even kaya she's very determined and strong-willed and she's like this is what i'll do i that's one thing in the book i maybe i just thought that but i, I thought she was much less self-assured like when she's out in the world with other people it feels like like, she seems scared. Yeah, because she's not from that type of world. But here, I don't know. She was all right. She did all right. Yeah. You could tell that she was shy. Yeah, but I, I know people like this shy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like bookish, smart girl shy. Yeah. Not, I lived in a cabin in the marsh by myself for 17 years shy. Yeah, that's a different kind of shy. It's a different shy. So I liked Tate. I liked the performance as well. And I think I could say that about, I think maybe everyone. I thought all the performances were pretty strong. I thought Kaya was strong, Tate, and uh, like the jerk guy. Chase. Chase. Chase Andrews, right. I, of course, you don't like the character, nor should no. you, but I thought he did a good job at being that, that specific kind mm -hmm. of dick. I thought the people from the town were very believable for people who would have existed in that time. Sure. Of like what I know. Obviously, I wasn't alive back then, but like of what I know of the South and stuff, Tate and Chase and like the lawyer and the dad, like they seemed like people who would exist in that time. The dad, though, there were some bits about like, well, I'm just a humble shrimp captain. Let's play some Puccini. Just yeah. like they like to show like, hey, look, look at this character. And they they just tell you things. It's like when um I've read a lot of writing by young writers as well. And then to show that oh, this person's smart. So on the book, they're reading something by Albert Einstein. Get it? And it's like, yeah, I get it. But there's there's better ways to do that. Yeah. And they there's a lot of shorthand, I think, in this book and movie. <laughs> Just to be sure that we get exactly what they want us to get from every character. I, I think there is very little room for interpretation in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that as a good nor a bad thing. But to my taste, as you know, I like to be able to do that. And I get that lots of people don't. Lots of people like a movie where there are no gray areas and it's easy. Like you often talk about like, oh, it's an easy watch. Yeah. And I don't necessarily value that. And I think a lot of people do. And it's neither good nor bad. It's just a, a different preference. But if you like an easy watch, I think you're going to like this more than I did. Mm -hmm. Because it is very easy. It gives you everything. You don't oh, have to totally, do the yeah. work. No work. Just... I like doing work, but I get that a lot of people don't. <laughs> you do like doing work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we differ on our picks sometimes. Oh, very much, yeah. What did you think about Tate? I liked him. I thought he was a good kind of compliment to Kaya. I think they may have like inflated his skills a little bit because I feel like a like 15-year-old boy isn't going to be able to teach someone to read. Well, nor is she going to... Go from learning her alphabet to uh, speaking and writing in Latin in another year. Right. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. So I found parts of him kind of like unbelievable. But in the same way that kind of all of the things in yeah. this are. It, yeah. He fits in with how the movie is going at yes. least. Yeah. Um, I 
felt like he needed like like all the conflict in this book i felt like it needed to be a little bit stronger or like more played out yeah um like when he doesn't come back for july 4th like there's he just like never mentions it again yeah we get a little bit because he sees he does come back and he sees her with chase and then leaves yeah but we also didn't really get to see that first time. Yeah, I guess just just more. I'd just like to see a few of those things have like some a more of the complexities, bit more screen time. Mm-hmm. Like I'd like to see a confrontation about July Fourth or um, the fact that he was gone for six years and just like never came home. There, there is. They do have like that screaming match when she, when he finally comes back. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, like in between, because it's sure. really hard to believe that he just like never came home for six years. What about Chase? Chase was like a good character to hate. Yeah, definitely. Like they really set him up. There was no way that you were gonna really like him. There's no way that you were gonna like root for him as the love interest. They made it really easy for you to be like, oh, she'll go back to Tate. He's an interesting character to me. Not maybe in the um like watching it, but as a as a writer, like what were you trying to do with this character? Yeah. Because he's he's like the bad guy early on and we even see when she's a child he does something bad to her, right? He hits her with a bike or something like that. Whatever it was. There's one scene where she interacts with other children. Right. And he's the the bad kid. So we get that introduction and we know where he's going to be. And also they keep saying like, oh, he's the most popular. He's the football star. So we're going to be like, okay, he's like the golden boy. She is the Marsh girl. Yeah. And they're going to be polar opposites. But then throughout, he's like kind of a dick, but not really. He's like, Mm -hmm. he's going through her stuff and he's like too rough with it. But then he's also saying like, oh, this is really cool. Good work. Yeah. So you're like, okay, so is he a good guy? And I like that there is some nuance to him as things go. Yeah. But the movie doesn't give us, it doesn't have the confidence in us to dislike him for just being a bit of a dick or not being the right one. They have to go to the extreme to make sure we know he's a bad guy. Right. Also, of course, we have to be on her side in murdering him. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he has to go far. So then they. He's not bad enough. He's not hateable enough. So they do what they always do in, I think, one of the laziest things that has been done in film in like the last 20 years. They always do this. If there's someone who we don't know if they're good or bad, make them a rapist. And now whatever happens, we're against them. Right. And of course we are. But like there's there's other things you can do. Yes. And it's just it happens so often in movies. I got brought in to be like a, a script doctor in this one movie once. And they said like, oh, I don't know if this her- character is hateable enough. I'm going to make them rape someone here and then it will be good. And it's like you can't just say like, oh, yeah, let's just throw in a little bit of rape. Yeah, that's, that's not, not a something, device. It's it's it has weight. It has substance. It can't just be used to throw away like, yeah, they're not hateable enough. You can make him hateable, but I guess we have to make him worthy of being murdered. So that's that's why you do it. Yeah. It, it is lazy. You're right. If he is that guy, because the first time they get together, he is overly aggressive with her. Yeah. Not to the extent of later, of course, but he gets on top of her. She says no. And he says, stops. Yeah. He then spends a lot of time apologizing and making it up to her. Yeah. So he's that guy at that point in the movie. 
But why does Chase like her? If he is this simple, like he's the golden boy, he's the football guy, he's going to work at a, it's a mechanic shop? Yeah, or like a parts store. Sure, he's an assistant manager there. We are kind of giving him all the stereotypes of a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. But then he is also really into her. Yeah, yeah, there's like feelings there that you wouldn't expect. That's that's something I'd like to have explored more. Mm -hmm. Because in the middle of this movie, he is a nuanced character of someone who has uh, lived this certain life and feels a certain pressure to be a certain way Mm -hmm. and doesn't want that. That is more interesting than anything else in this movie. (laughs) But then they throw it away and be like, okay, let's just make him a rapist so we know he's bad and we can kill him off. Right. I want those nuances explored more. Like, mm-hmm. what was it? Because I, I think that's what it is, that he felt those pressures to be a certain type of person mm-hmm. because everyone else, just as uh, the movie portrays him and as the book portrays him, he's felt uh, as a certain way in the, in the town. And yeah. him going and finding something with Kaya is him breaking away from that. And I wanted to see his struggle with merging those two parts of his life. Mm-hmm. But we don't really get that. Yeah. And we never get like a, him going up against his parents or anything like that either, which is something that I would have liked to see. Mm-hmm. Like that conflict of like, no, I'm not marrying this girl that you love that you've like picked out for me. I'm, I want the Marsh girl. Yeah. There's never he never fights for her in that way. It seems like that would have been nice. Or if he wanted to be with her and say, like, yes, I have to get married. I have to do this, but I want a life with you. And there's something there that's interesting and can be explored, but it's all just thrown away with, like, "Eh, just make him a rapist. Now we know he's bad. Yeah. It was lazy. And, yeah, now we know he's bad. So then when he's killed, you're like, yeah, good. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And I guess that's what they want, ultimately. But why set up that potential or maybe i'm seeing more than there is but i think that's there yeah because or else why would they be together yeah they don't really make sense but then again she's not really that much of an outsider like they're all at the beach and she's just there next to them she the only thing that she doesn't do that everyone else does is like go to school and church yeah like, but I guess if you're not going to church in the 60s in Carolina, you're you're pretty much you're a witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. And then what about Kaya? I wish they had gone a little bit more towards what you thought she was like. Definitely. Me too. A little bit more wild, a little bit more like outcast, kind of like living alone recluse kind of person as opposed to this like prom queen that we get (laughs) i mean there's so many things that you learn as like a small child um from your parents whether that's like self-care or like shaving or like how to dress yourself for certain occasions and i feel like she didn't have any of that and i feel like it didn't show that she didn't have any of that no, her outfits shouldn't be so coordinated. No, she was like perfectly dressed for everything that she did. And I feel like that's- How a... is she that clean? Yes. Also, how is she that clean? She had like a water pump in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how her hair looked that good every day, that she wasn't like streaked with mud constantly. 
Because she spends most of her time on the water, too. Like digging for mussels. Mm -hmm. That's how she makes an income. Yeah. Until she becomes a famous author. Right. Right. I forgot, which she does quite quickly. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so I I wish that they had gone a little bit more towards what you kind of imagined in the book and a little bit less of like full hair and makeup. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I would like them to go very far the other way. But we just have a thing in movies. You can't be unattractive and on screen. Mm-hmm. Especially for women. Yeah. Like certain guys, you can get away with it if you're a character actor. But if you are a leading woman in a romance, you better be real good looking. And they made sure that she was. Yes. And yeah, of course, I would have loved it if it were otherwise. And if she were like quite like literally feral because that's that's who she was. And then we get to see because I guess uh, the thing with Tate is, of course, he has that interest in the same thing she does, but he is going at it. in a much more like accepted way. Yeah. He's going to school. He then works at the lab in that little tiny town. They the have a lab, lab. The lab outside of town. Yeah. Because he went to. Like Duke or North Carolina. Uh, Chapel Hill. So yeah, in North Carolina. Yeah. I agree with you that he's like doing it the right way. But or the accepted way yeah. at least. And of course, there's a reason to that because we need something that brings Kaya into the um, like kind of the established world or at least a uh, a bridge to it. And by them sharing that common interest and yeah. being um, naturalists and being into preservation. But he also has a link to the community because mm-hmm. he's just like a, a well-respected, educated guy. Yeah. That, and we were also simultaneously saying that there's like two ways to go about this. Like uh-huh. it's not just formal education. You have to be out there and living in it to, to understand it. Mm-hmm. And we're getting all of that through those characters. But it's so much stronger if she were totally into the one side of things Mm -hmm. because she doesn't seem far from his life at all no like his dad works on a boat she works on a boat she lives in a nice house she's well dressed so yeah not that different yeah but having him and uh jumping and mabel being like the one the 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 lifelines into the community Mm -hmm. she doesn't seem far removed and then when she is going to make those decisions like uh, like being with chase or if we get to see changes in her, it doesn't leave as big of an impact yeah. because she was already kind of there. Yeah, absolutely. If she is truly feral and then Tate is the one because he's teaching her to read, yeah. he's the link. If we see a change in her going from not just someone who is illiterate to being a uh, renowned author, mm-hmm. but also in her um, dealings with people with how she yeah. carries herself in the community and her appearance and her and appearance like learning we got how to, see to be that. a little bit more yeah socially acceptable but I we guess. only get the change from when we get the young kaya actress yeah. to the old one yeah. that's the only change really the yeah. old kaya doesn't really change she is who she is and she's like a confident strong beautiful woman and that's just who she is yeah i would have liked to see her have a little bit more of a like transition Mm -hmm. of like oh i finally got a little bit of money and yeah i fixed up my shack and bought some clothes and went to the hairdresser (laughs) learned about like being an adult sure or just gaining the confidence to go and speak to people because that's another reason why the whole bus thing was so unbelievable because she goes on her first bus ride and then takes another one back and Mm -hmm. nobody recognizes her and she's in a disguise three bus rides in a day yeah and does things in an inhuman amount of time. And also, how did Chase know to go there? Yeah. I guess she had set it up earlier. Like, 
hey, at exactly this time, be exactly there. Yeah. And my bus is going to be late by 30 minutes, but I already know that. And I'm. Yeah, that was what was weird was that like she knew the timeline perfectly. Yeah. And she goes faster than anyone thinks she could because she's like one with the marsh. (laughs) Yeah, she's one with the marsh. (laughs) That is her character, I think, is uh, she is special and unique because she has this connection with nature. But to what end in this? Like, what does that really get us? What does it teach us? Kind of nothing. I don't know. That if you're pretty, it'll all work out. Well, yeah, that's really what it is. (laughs) There's this through line of how she is seeing the world filtered through the marsh, right? Because um, when her mom leaves her, she's like, I always looked for uh, like the evolutionary benefit of a mother leaving her child right when she kills him she's always about like oh sometimes the prey is the predator or whatever it is Mm -hmm. both don't really make sense but it kind of shows us how she's thinking and kind of seeing the world through the marsh but why i don't know where it goes yeah i guess the outcome is just she has a peaceful life on the marsh in the end yeah that she gets a nice books life yeah 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 I don't know. To have it be such a big part. It's like the biggest part of her life is is the marsh. She's the marsh girl. But if it had been like the desert girl or just the girl on the outside of town, would it have been any different? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then the town also. Very generic. Very generic. It could just be. Oh, 100%. Whatever. They were like paper dolls. Yeah. You, like really. They're like, oh, here's the mama and here's the papa and here's the little boy who will someday grow up and be a papa. Yeah. when. So much of this movie is dependent on the locations. Like, she is ostracized from this town. The town is the enemy. It is the uh, representation of society and all the things she has ran away from. But, uh, like, I can't tell you anything about it. It's just, like, it's a town. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing that this town does that's, like, vital or interesting. At least make it, like, a factory town that, like, has a purpose. Sure. Because then that comes with, like, a little bit of... Just give us some life to yeah. the town. She's in it enough. I feel like we should know it a little better. Yeah. It's like everyone just walks around in dresses and chats on the sidewalk. That's all they do in that town. So you said some things were not as good on your second viewing. Have we covered those already or is there anything else? Yeah. I, like, I feel like it's mostly just how f- one dimensional the plot is. Yeah. Because like, I think the first time... You get really swept up in, like, the beauty of the film and, like, it's a new story, although it wasn't for you because you already knew it. So Which is maybe why it. things didn't work as well yeah, on me the so first Yeah, so the time first time I watched it, I was, like, fully absorbed. Because you have that convention of a murder mystery built in. That's yes. going to keep your attention. And sure. I watched it. I watched it with my stepdad, who is, like, not a, like love story murder mystery kind of guy so like Mm -hmm. i didn't expect him to be all swept up in it but he totally was too and then the second time that i watched it when i watched it with you it just the plot holes were a little bit more obvious i think also i have that bad effect on you you do i ruin things for you (laughs) and i don't even have to say anything you just look at me and you're like oh i see what's wrong with this movie based on yeah, I can kind of see it through your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ruining everything. No, you're not. <laughs> You've made me a more critical movie watcher. But that's not always good. No. It's better when you like every movie, unless 
it's opening new movies that you'd now like that you didn't before. Then it's good. Which is true. Okay, then it's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know like how much more I have to say about this movie, but I um definitely think it's an interesting movie to like look at from a like murder mystery side like if you're if you're not looking too critically at it i think it's a good movie just to be like oh there's a mystery and then all is revealed that might be the worst part about it i think the murder mystery because if you look at it it doesn't make any sense right Mm -hmm. and it's just impossible i guess yeah while the other things you're like oh i don't like that or that could be more developed it's there you know what i'm thinking I'm thinking of the like random ending my brain made up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a better movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. Why did I think it was Tate? I totally thought that whole scene like shot for shot was her going through Tate's stuff after finding Tate in the boat. Oh. I don't know why. I like that better. Oh, I do like, like that. No, better. like in my yeah. brain, I'm like, wow, that was a really great ending. That like she finds out it was him, and maybe it was something that they never spoke about because they just like left the trial behind them. Yeah. I totally thought it was Tate. I do like that better. And I, I thought like it that was. Or... I thought it was Kaya going through his things and maybe like a journal or something that he had, and finding it in the journal and being like, he, "Here's the necklace that was missing for 20 years or 40 years or whatever." That's pretty good. The end. <laughs> I like it. I think I just wrote a better, better movie. Usually, you're the one writing the better movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, your favorite part is the ending you created in your mind. Yes, I think my favorite part is uh, the Tate Kaya romance. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I think they had chemistry, and I just kind of believed them. Mm-hmm. I I do agree with that. I liked um, that he didn't make her give up who she was or how she was living. And that was his fear and why he didn't come back the first Mm -hmm. time because he said, like, I know you're not going to leave that and I can't be a part of that world. And then he's like, no, you know what? I'll be a part of that world. And he found a way to come back. He works at the lab outside of town. The small town Carolina laboratories. I wonder what they study there. Well, something biological. I guess, yeah. Because he's a biologist of some sort, right? I assume so. But yeah, so I think, like, I like their love story. Mm-hmm. And it, it it was, like, cute. And I like that they didn't, I like that there was a little bit of conflict in there. Yeah, they, They're, like, that was kind together. of the only conflict. Yeah, yeah, was, I liked that they had some moments where you're like, oh, maybe they're not going to be together because they're actually, like, growing and changing apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, any uh, final thoughts? I still love this movie. Oh, you still love it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think. The, the ending that's actually in the movie or your ending? The actual ending. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's a, one of those light, easy watches. It is. Yeah, it's a pretty easy watch. I'll give you that. If you stay surface level. Well, I think that's the only level. Yeah. I say a lot of things and I realize it sounds like judgmental or that is bad, but that's just... <laughs> That's a, a viable type of movie. It's oh, absolutely. Just, it's not the kind I'm into, but it is a, it's an easy watch and it is, yeah. it's a superficial movie. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily saying it's bad. Some movies are and they're, they're great for mm-hmm. that. I think a movie like this that is dealing, attempting to deal with the complexities that it is, I think that type of movie needs a little more depth. And I don't think this one had it enough for mm-hmm. me. 
I think part of the reason that I love this movie in its actual like timeline is uh, that it, it totally swept me up the first time I watched it. I was like totally encompassed in this world. And I think it's the way that people watch TV now. And it's like half phone, some TV, like, you know, whatever. You're not like fully paying attention. This one had me like locked on the screen. And I think that was something that doesn't happen very often now. I can definitely see that because I think this is a a well-constructed movie. So I think that can really get you swept up in it because I think all the visual stuff that the cinematography in this is great. I Mm -hmm. think the direction is fine, not bad, not good, but it's, it's, it's completely competent. And Mm -hmm. the, uh, the uh, performances I think are quite good as well. So when you have those things, you're willing to forgive a lot of other things because you, you, you're going to buy into it. And I, I know I was. But I think that this movie tries to be this like beautiful Nicholas Spark style romance. Yeah. It tries to be this uh, courtroom drama. And in the, I think it was like late 90s, we had so many Southern Gothic courtroom dramas. Yes. It's trying to be that. And it's also trying to be a murder mystery. And I think it does one of those well. Mm-hmm. I think it does the romance pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think the courtroom drama is is quite flat and there's no real suspense because of the nature of how they set up this kind of mystery. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the mystery part doesn't get me because I thought the reveal was not only like bad, but impossible based on what they, the movie itself, told me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that part I felt cheated as well. So I guess it's like it's a pretty movie. It's well acted, but maybe it's too pretty. Like we get all these great visuals, but this glossy coat that they put on the movie, and it is, is, it is, it is beautiful. It covers up all of the, the hardships and uh, the nuance, mm-hmm. and this movie should be about those hardships. Right. If it is a movie about someone who is abused and abandoned, eventually finding peace and finding love, we need to see those hardships to, mm-hmm. to really go on that ride with her. Right. Because at the end, it's like, oh, she lives happily in the marsh, but she kind of was before, too. Yeah. It's a lot of highs and not a lot of lows. Yeah. You don't get that, like, ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that you're, they're trying to, like, make it glossy and beautiful, and we're just going to kind of gloss over the the bad stuff. Like, we're not going to deal with the racism in the town. Mm -hmm. We're not going to deal with the fact that this child was probably starving. We're just going to go right over that so you Mm -hmm. can look at the nice stuff. But I feel like the nice stuff doesn't have the payoff for me without those lower lows. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a fine movie. I just I just don't love it. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you like this one, or if you don't like it for similar reasons that I don't, um, go watch uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild. Go read uh, Maniac McGee. Read or watch To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird honestly does. Uh, a lot of the same things that both the book and the movie try to do, but just like the best version of it. Mm-hmm. I I wish I hadn't picked my next movie because I thought <laughs> this would be this would pair very nicely oh, with To Kill a Mockingbird. A double feature. Have you seen the the movie version? I haven't seen the movie version. Oh, I read so it in high school though. Both very good. Or junior high. I can't actually remember. What did you think of the song? Carolina? Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. It's a very so, good song. Do you want to know something fun about it? Sure. So it was recorded all in one take. So it's not like cut or mixed or anything. And it was only featuring instruments available before 1953. 
Oh, cool. So she like kept it so that it would sound and like be authentic for the time period, which I think is cool. And let's thank our second sponsor of the episode, and that is Park Power. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing that you are helping to give back to our communities with your utility bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Well, Indy? Yes? <laughs> uh, I'm excited for next week when we find out what we'll be watching. Oh, yeah. So next week, we'll each have a spoiler-free thing of the week, something we're into. <laughs> and I'll let you know what we're watching for the big watch the week after. And I said that I'm going to get into more fun movies mm-hmm. after episode 200. Because we kind of do it in seasons of 50 episodes. And this, uh, I'm looking at my ratings. I've never given any of my own movies this season uh, a 10. Oh. And they haven't been the funnest of movies. No, it's been it's been work this season. A little bit. Although I think I think Citizen Kane's kind of fun. But we're gonna do one more work and then it'll be fun times. It'll be party for next season? Yeah. Although okay. I think this one's fun too, but <laughs> I, I um I think you won't. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Well, join us next week where you can hear all of that and, I don't know, see you out in the marshes? See you in the marshes, where the crawdads sing. Where the crawdads sing. Bye, everybody. Bye.